Blog Talk Radio. Place because 
We went across the street and had lunch at this little mom-and-pop cafe called 82 Cafe. And my husband had the catfish dinner, four pieces of catfish, big swing, big, huge wow. pieces of catfish, two sides for eight ninety nine. I mean, their food was phenomenal. My friend Kevin had a chicken fried steak. That chicken fried steak was almost as big as the plate with two sides. I mean, just good food. And, um, and uh, I was very humbled. I was very surprised Saturday. Uh, you know, the VIP holders that get front row VIP tickets, they get the WFC magazine free at every show. And then anybody that wants to buy the magazine for $3, which helps the fam, the child and the family that we're doing the show for that particular night, you know, can buy a magazine for $3. Well, they started this little thing. Um, September was the first time they did it. Um, my good friend Ethan, he was WFC Fan of the Month for September. And they're going to do this about every, oh, couple months or so. Well, Granny Holkster made Fan of the Month for the WFC magazine uh, for this particular show. And I was very humbled. I was very honored. I had people coming up to me, Granny, can we have your autograph? <laughs> yeah, so I signed autographs Saturday night in between, you know, an, an intermission, you know, for a bunch of people before the show and then during intermission and after the show. So I was very humbled by that honor. And probably my most two favorite questions was, the reason why I love WFC and where did the name Granny Holkster come from? Because I had to share basically how Granny got her name. So I, I was very humbled. I was very honored. So. Well, good. Good, good, good. It sounds like you had a, an exciting and eventful weekend. Right. I, yeah, I, I did. Think, I think you told it. Yeah. Did I what? I think I think we all had a great weekend. Uh, of course, my Vikings didn't play, so uh, uh, I just had I just had the Bison this weekend. So uh, how they do? Uh, they dominated uh, Easton Sticks uh, through uh, five touchdown passes in the first half of the game. Uh, tied tied a record. Uh, and broke a record. Uh, the record is five touchdown passes in a game, uh, but he broke the record for five touchdowns in one half. So never been done before. Well, That's exciting. I'll tell you what, Icon. I will tell you what. Um, the the buys the that are good, but I'll tell you what. You've got a new conference foe. Uh, to worry about. You've got a new team that might be in the playoff surge that you have to, you know, uh, uh, worry about, and that is the Chicago Bears. Well, it has nothing to do with the NDSU Bison, though. No, 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 I know, but you brought up the Vikings. I I, I don't think anybody – I don't think anybody – you know, is going to beat the, you know, until until they possibly until they get into the playoffs. I don't think anybody will beat the beat the Bison if they do at all. Um, but but for the Vikings, they're going to have. I mean, the Packers aren't bad, uh, but they're going to have all their hands full with the Bears. And on Thanksgiving, see, Granny Icon and I, we both have a, a special Thanksgiving this year because uh, 
as you guys may or may not have saw, the Dallas Cowboys saved their season last night, and they went out and beat the defending champs, Philadelphia Eagles, in Philly. Dallas plays the Washington Redskins on Thanksgiving, and the Chicago Bears play Icons, Minnesota Vikings on Thanksgiving. So, oh, wow. uh, no, they don't. Should be a little, no, should be a little interesting no, here. No, they don't. Huh? No, they don't. Yes, they do, don't they? No, they don't. They play Sunday no, night. Yes. No, you play, play this Sunday night. I got it right here. No, no, they don't. We don't have a game on Thanksgiving. We play Sunday night, the same time as Survivor Series. Oh, I'm losing my mind. It's that weekend, yes. <laughs> it's, the, the, uh, it's, it's, it's the Detroit Lions. Uh, it's the Lions that play on Thanksgiving, and they're playing, um, I believe it's it's uh, Minnesota. Chicago. So, or oh, that's what no. I mean, Chicago. I'm all over the place. I'm trying to watch Raw, and I'm trying to watch this Giants game. Yeah, that's what it is. We play the Sunday night game that weekend. We both have a very uh, interesting, you know, uh, uh, weekend plan for, for Thanksgiving. So, and, uh, and Icon, let me, let, me, let me ask you this. You've got some people, you know, coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. Um, who, who, who do we got? Who do we got that's a big name that's coming on? All right. Well, uh, tonight we have Heidi Katrina. Uh, I'll be calling yeah. her shortly. Uh, we have Ike Phillips. Uh, he, he loved our show so much. He called in a week early last week. And, uh, oh, yeah. we have, Remember we that. have the legendary <laughs> Sherwin Linton. Uh, and, uh, we, I have a special announcement for Sherwin when he's on, uh, and you and I talked a little bit about it uh, off air. We'll announce the full amount when he's here. And uh, next week, we have uh, Tate Vick uh, Hunyan. Uh, we have also Ronnie Nicole. Uh, she is also known as uh, Big Red. And we have Deb Gardner. Uh, who is a, I guess you could say she's a, um, well, she's a model of sorts, I guess you could say, uh, on, uh, you, on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, she's got 8,000 followers, and they're, they're starting to follow our show, so that's cool. And in three weeks, to close out the month, we're going to have Ross Hart, uh, the older brother of Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Greg Sutton. Uh, he was best friends with Andy Kaufman. And uh, I mixed that up. Next week, we're also going to have Gunner Calloway. Uh, and he has a famous father. Uh, who goes by the name of The Undertaker. He's going to be on with us next week. And uh, Big Red will be on in uh, two weeks. Do you think he could uh, perhaps hook us up with with, uh, his father? Uh, Well, uh, in agreement, uh, we have agreed that, uh, you know, he will not talk about his family on air with us. But he is going to be talking about what, is he, was, he the uh, last interview of the night, or is he the first, or where, like, where does he fall into the show? Uh, he is the first. Okay, so he won't, so he won't hear our, um, our song, which is a tribute to his father. <laughs> 
he won't end up hearing that. Well, you can play that before he comes on. You can play that before he comes on. I might actually play the actual gong, like the Undertaker. Like, I mean, again, you know, I don't want to take his head a lot, but, uh, you know, a lot of different themes. But I might play the the traditional one. All right. Well, that's cool. So I'll tell you what. Uh, for our first guest, I got to call her on uh, Facebook Messenger. I do not know if this is going to work or how this is going to work to get us all hooked up, but I'm going to give it a shot. And then uh, you guys uh, chat a little bit and then uh, we'll see what happens here. All right. All right. I guess we okay. can uh, give it a shot. I'm so, uh, in Kansas city, Missouri tonight. And I have a lot of friends that are there in attendance and I have God, a really good friend from, that was again. Uh, about three hours, roughly, give or take. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, it's not letting me connect where I'm on a call, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to disconnect, call her, and then try and call the show back to see if it works. If not, we'll just have to, we'll just have to do it. So I'll call back in a little bit, so be ready. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm about three hours from Kansas City, roughly. You know, I mean, of course, we're in Kansas City, Missouri, so I've got a good friend that was on the front row sitting next to a couple of the Kansas City Chiefs guys tonight. So a couple of Kansas City Chiefs are in attendance tonight at Monday Night Raw, which I thought was pretty cool. It is pretty cool that, that, that you know, the, the local team who's doing good and being, you know, they're successful about, uh, you know, supporting other um, sporting events in their city, so that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah, I was very uh, happy that Kansas City won yesterday. So, not only though, not only does he have to worry about the Bears, but okay, and their and their recent surge. But uh, it looks like just based on what I've been watching, that your Chiefs might have. Uh, might have to watch out for the uh, the the LA uh, the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers I'm not so sure about. Yeah, I know, and I'm I'm not so sure about that game. So because I've seen different comments about on Facebook where they're supposed to be playing at or something, and something about the field, and I I'm not sure where they're even going to be playing that game at really. Oh, where where, where is it supposed to be at? Well, I don't know. I never saw. I never. I tried looking through people's comments, and I never actually saw, unless they're playing out there, you know, you know, in California, you know, where all the fires are right now, you know. So, because you know, California's having a lot of those bad fires, and they're having to evacuate people. And I saw somebody's post, whether you know, saying. Well, why doesn't the NFL change the venue for everybody's safety? So I'm not sure what's going on with that, but we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. So oh, right now this little weasel Leo Rush is out with Bobby Lashley. How ignorant! You know, like him, I got him. I got him on the line here. Like maybe he's got it. You, know, you don't like Leo Rush? Why not? No, I don't. He's he's a little weasel. He's ignorant and he's obnoxious. 
and Granny would like to be able to put him in his place, tell him what I think of him. So, hey, guys. Well, uh, I'm on. I don't know. What's, what's up? Okay, well, I'm on. That did not work because when I called her, it would not, uh, and then I called the show, it disconnected, so it wouldn't put us together. So I don't think this is going to happen. Uh, we'll keep trying, but I don't think it's going to happen. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how that. I mean, I've I've had I've had a couple people off and on try to call me on Facebook Messenger, and I'm not sure how that works either. So, I don't I don't really know how. I've never done it myself, so I'm not. I don't know how it works. Okay, let's. Okay, she's calling here. Hold on a second. Well. So how how was your weekend, Big Swing? Um, not not too terrible actually, not 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 too shabby. It was um, I've been I've been really busy lately. Um, you know, fall is my fall is my busy season. Uh, with you know mm-hmm. Skidmore, Skidmore just started up their you know their basketball season again, and you know so. Uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of stuff for them, and now Syracuse is playing now too. <laughs> uh, no, no, I like what fan? I like what Elias I like what Elias is doing right now. <laughs> uh, were a lot of people near you excited um, when you remember University of Arkansas Little Rock made the NCAA tournament a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Were people excited about like? Could people around you be excited, or I mean, do you, you do you really have a college team you root for besides the Razorbacks? Or I mean, I uh, know no. not a, not around not around here, not close. About we have Fayetteville, we have you know University of Arkansas here in Fayetteville, and uh, then you know Little Rock. They've I mean we don't we don't have any um, college football or I mean university except the. Razorbacks close by here in Arkansas. I mean, now you might have you might have like down in the central part of Arkansas. Like okay, guys, we're Arkansas uh, we're, State. We're working this out. We're working this out. She's gonna try and call me a different way. So we're gonna okay. we're gonna get this hopefully done. We'll see. Well, that's but, hope. Uh, just just bear. I mean, she. I mean, she's awesome. I've been trying to get her on for. Uh, since uh, since last uh, December, so I want I want this to work, you know. Uh, you know. <laughs> so well, yeah, I don't watch a lot. I don't I don't watch a lot of college sports. I mean, I occasionally watch the Razorbacks, but not very often. I. I stick to my professional teams, you know, but oh, I'm just waiting for her call on uh, FaceTime here. Um, see, the thing is, you know, because she's overseas, you know, she didn't want uh, she didn't want me calling her because it could, uh, you know, um, charge her, you know, on her phone, and uh, she didn't. She didn't want to call us because it would charge her. So, uh, oh, so you're trying to do this, trying to do this via um, 
You trying to do this via FaceTime? <laughs> yeah. I've never done that either, so. <laughs> All right. Interesting. So you all got any snow up there yet, Big Swing? No, honestly, um, parts of uh, parts of New York uh, have. The spot where I'm at, we have not. But I'd say the northern part of our county and some of the counties around us have gotten snow. But a lot of it's melted because today was like today was like 50 something. So, but uh, we've gotten a little bit. Um, we're supposed to get a whole buttload pretty soon um but we haven't you know we haven't yet thankfully so well i can live with the snow i just don't like a lot of ice so. i've had my share of blizzards and snowstorms over the years when i lived in kansas so don't care for all that snow really Oh, Lord. This is not working. No. I'm sure I'm I'm sure this. I'm not sure how FaceTime works, you know, with Blog Talk Radio, because, like, if you're on the phone, um, you know, I, I'm just not sure if that would work. I don't think it would either, but I don't know. Because I've never done FaceTime either, so I'm not sure how that actually works. Okay. Yeah. See, see, I'm I'm Team Android. I I don't I don't do Facebook because I don't have yeah. uh, Excuse me, not Facebook. uh, FaceTime. I don't have you know a phone that does that. So you know I'm not a hundo. I'm not a hundo on that. But um. If you wanted to, is she overseas all the time or just this week? Because, I mean, if it's not going to work, dude, we we can book her for a time when she's back in the States. Hello, I did we? Okay, guys, uh, here we go. Uh, I got her on. I'm going to introduce her, then we'll get to this. Ready? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, after a short delay, we have our... Now we lost him. <laughs> now we lost. Now we lost. I oh, there we go. Heidi Katrina. Hey Heidi, how are you? Did she just hang up? Mm, really? I I don't hear her. Well, I think uh, maybe we lost her. No, I just don't think FaceTime's going to work through the phone because. All right, one second, guys. Hold on a second. Well, here's the thing, Icon. Here's the thing. I know why it's not working because you're on an actual phone line calling in, right? FaceTime is a, you know, FaceTime is sort of like an app sort of a thing. It's a feature on the phone. So, like, if I was on the phone calling in, I happen to be in the studio tonight, but if I was on the phone calling in uh, and you, you know, and, and I was on the phone talking to you guys, but I was watching a YouTube video, you guys wouldn't hear the YouTube video come over the air. You might hear the echo of it from the microphone, but you wouldn't hear it come through the air. So that's probably why. She needs to be on a solid line. So if she's going to be back in the States at some point, maybe we should reschedule her. her because, you know, the only way to do it would be to have an actual phone. And I know that's 
I've been overseas, that's going to be a hefty charge. So, I, I mean, that's that's I mean, that's just really kind of how it is. Yeah, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that FaceTime thing's going to work. No, unfortunately, I wanted it to. I thought it might be kind of cool. Well, that's very sad. Okay, guys, here we go. Let's get to this. Okay, we'll give it a shot. Our first combatant of the night. She comes to us. (laughs) I think we lost, I think we lost him again. There we go. She gives new meaning to the word hurricane. Heidi Katrina. Hey, Heidi, how are you? Hello. Hey. Hello. Good to have you. Okay. Hi. So now that we sorry got for you the on, delay. <laughs> all right, now that we got you on, what we're going to do is we're going to get right to this. What we do is uh, once I introduce the guests, we let them give us a little background about themselves, and we ask them some questions. And we get we uh, this will be a little sped up, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll ask you some questions. Uh, yes, yeah, so I am Heidi Katrina. Obviously, I'm an international pro wrestler. I'm currently based out of Sendai, Japan. I've been here for almost three years. I've been all over Japan, and I was supposed to be here for three months when I first got invited, but I've kind of been here ever since, moving about all over different companies and that. So yeah. All right, uh, Heidi, Katrina, Heidi Katrina is our guest. We have uh, about 20 minutes here with you, um, so we'll just get right into this. Uh, would you say that's a um, true statement? Uh, I can't actually hear what you're saying. Okay. Uh, you know, over in Japan... Uh, Fans yes. over there re- seem to respect the business more so than they do here. Would you say that's a true statement? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you, they, they treat this, and I, it should be like this internationally, if you ask me, but they treat the sport of professional wrestling exactly as it is a sport. And it's kind of wonderful to see, you know. And uh, as a wrestler, um, would you say that uh, you're a babyface, a heel, an in-betweeny, or do you let the audience decide what you are? Um, well, I let myself decide who I am, really, depending on the mood that I am <laughs> that day, honestly, in all honesty. Um, I think it's good to be, you know, natural when you when you step into the squared circle. You know, you shouldn't really be tied down to one particular persona, you know? Right. And uh, when you're when you're wrestling, do you um, consider yourself a high flyer? Was that high flyer? Did you say? What's that? I didn't hear the rest of it. It cut off. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, when you're when you're wrestling, would you consider yourself a I didn't hear you again. It cut off again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. When you're wrestling, would you consider yourself a high high flyer, a technical wrestler, or would Uh, you say you're a knockout, drag-out, grunty-style wrestler? 
powerhouse and also I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve in which people don't expect in terms of like I can do a couple crazy things you know that I, I like to keep quiet or for a rainy day you know <laughs> well well okay so that brings me to my next question and I'll let uh I'll let granny and uh big swing ask you a few questions uh every wrestler has a great finishing maneuver what is yours what is it called and what does it entail all right, so the main finisher that I, I've been using over in my time in Japan and the rest of the world um, is I've got a, a top rope guillotine leg drop, and uh, I call it the beheading. <coughs> obviously, I'm British, and, you know, we've got a big history of medieval kind of, you know, torture and whatnot. So, yeah, I just thought it was very similar to the actual guillotine of when they used to, you know, behead people that were naughty. So, yeah, that's, that's my finisher, the beheading. And it's a top rope finisher, the leg drop, and yeah, it's devastating. Well, I guess that means I won't be asking you out tonight with a finishing maneuver like that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Uh, get on the wrong side of me, you know. uh, Well, I I promise uh, you, I have your phone number. I promise I'll stop calling now uh, because now I know what your finisher (laughs) is. I don't want any part of that. So, Granny, big swing. What do you got for our guests? And then I'll ask her the tough questions. Well, this is Granny Hulkster. Hello. I, first of all, I am not a wrestler. I'm just a Hello. fan of the sport. I love wrestling. I, I've loved it for years. But um, my first question, um, what has been your most challenging match that you've ever had? Um, I'd say coming to Japan originally and, uh, you know, sort of, I mean, there's a massive language barrier. It's a shock to the system, you know, for a foreign wrestler to come over here and, and make a name for themselves. So I'd say the first time I tied up with, you know, my some Japanese opponents, that was the most challenging. I didn't know what to expect and whatever you learn elsewhere, you just have to completely forget and everything goes out the window. You're back to square one, basically. Now, who was your who trained you? Who was who was your trainer when you started in the business? Okay, so I was originally trained by Robbie Brookside and uh, Marty Jones. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Big Swing. I don't know if uh, Big Swing is listening, so we'll, he might have uh, we'll had to step away. Here. He might have had to step away for a moment. All right. Uh, 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 Heidi, or uh, because of your your maneuver that you're heading, I'll call you Miss Katrina. Um, I, I, had, fun. I, I had uh, sent I had sent you a script to do a liner. We're going to go ahead and take care of that now, and then we'll uh, continue with Perfect. the interviews. So I'll count you down for five, and then we'll do it. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Heidi Katrina. You're listening to Attitude Era Live with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. You know, and and I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I love your accent. It's just it's just the hottest thing. It's amazing. I've ever heard. Yeah, it, it's the hottest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and, and I and I know that can you, you can beat me up. And I and I know that you can <clears> beat <throat> me up, so I won't go any farther than that. But I I just want to I just wanted to compliment you that you know. Thank you. A lot of people say that. I really don't know why, but 
I'm very, you know, very Southern British. I'm from London and I'm very East End. So we have a particular, we have a very particular voice, you know. Right. How do you think about Cockney? But I'm very Cockney. Right. Heidi Katrina. Well, Icon, well, uh, I'm just glad you didn't. Uh, well, Icon, I'm just glad you didn't make the common mistake because I've heard several times on radio, not necessarily on podcasts like this, but um, when we have, you know, what you know, the NFL, we do the ESPN station here, and the NFL plays a game over in London, and they'll have, you know, people on and different reporters and different things, and. I've, I've actually heard, and, and I, I'm not kidding you, this was on a professional station, I've actually heard somebody ask, hey, you know, are you, are you British or, or are you an Aussie? Are you Australian? And I just, oh, I know... And I know that gets under the skin of the British people a little bit. Icon, I'm really, really I'm glad you did your homework. Well, I, because I was coming on, really I was coming does. on today... As soon as I heard her talk, I was like, oh, geez, Icon's going to ask her that. And I was just waiting for it to go south. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. So she... I mean, I'm not like a, I'm not like, I haven't got a posh London accent. I've got an East End accent. So, you know, there's a, there's, there's a complete difference between the two, you know. Uh, and her, her finishing maneuver is the beheading. Anyway, so in your. I heard uh, of that. Why don't you tell her what yours is? Yeah. Very white Right. Heidi Katrina is our guest. We have about 10 minutes here left with you. Uh, my finished maneuver is called the junk punch him in the man business, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Hi. Uh, you spelled now, my name. I was going to call mine that. Really? <laughs> well, you, you can have it. <laughs> you, 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 you can have it because uh, you're, you're bigger fine. than me. Yeah, you can have it because yeah, you're bigger than me. Yeah, you're bigger than me. You I can have it. You can yeah, you can beat me up. That's fine. You can have it. You, that's good. Um, now, uh, in your time in the business, have you uh, had a chance to go after or win any championship title belts? Yeah, I've won about, I'd say, about sheer career, like all over the world. I've, I've wrestled in 13 countries. Obviously, I started in Britain, and then I, I went to France, Germany, Spain, and then Japan, America, Canada, and then, yeah, the rest is kind of history, you know. So my first title I won back uh, in 2015, I think, maybe, uh, in France. And then I went on to winning my first title on my first tour of Japan. And then I went to America, won a title in America, then came back to Japan, won two more titles in Japan. Now, are you uh, are you a current champion right now? Or are you going to be going after another title in the in the future? Um, I've got a title match on on this Friday actually at Tokyo's very famous Corken Hall. Uh, so I've got a title rematch. Um, I had a title run for eight months in Sendai Girls as the first foreign champion in the the company's history. I might add, and also the first foreign member in the country, in the uh, company's history. So that was quite a big win for me. Now I've got I've got the uh, I've got another title match for that same for that same title coming up in, on Friday. So that's going to be exciting. And, and here's the good news: any guests that we've had on that uh, went for a title within a few days, a few weeks, a month, or what have you, has always won that title. We are up to three hundred and seventy-five. Funny that. 
So we want you to be 376. Perfect. Okay. Now, awesome. now, every guest that we've had on, uh, independent or or professional, um, we I always put this question to them, and no one ever answers the question the same way. So I'm going to put this to you and see how you will respond to it. Now, we all know that uh, the WWE is the big dance where all wrestlers or most wrestlers strive to get to. But as an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny and do what you want. When the, you get to the WWE, you know, they basically control every aspect of your life. They tell you what you can do, what shows you can go on, who you can talk to, all this. WWE were to call you and offer you a contract, is that something that you'd want to do? Or would you rather just stay independent where you can do what you want? Well, I don't really do exactly what I want to sign to my company at the moment. So I think what people don't understand is like there's in Japan there's very big companies that uh, that work and operate in the same way as the WWE. You know, in which you are a wrestler for their company, so you have to kind of cater to what to their wants and needs. So. It wouldn't really be too much of a difference, to be honest with you. It'd just be maybe perhaps on a higher platform. And uh, the next question is, now, had you ever thought of uh, taking on a manager? Because uh, I would love to be your manager, and I guarantee if I was your manager, you'd never lose. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, British Amazon, Heidi Katrina only operates by herself because that's really all she needs, to be honest. You know, I'm a bit of a powerhouse. I, I can, I'm my own army. You know, I'm a queen, and the kingdom, the kingdom follows me. I don't really have a king. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Well, you know, if you ever needed, if you ever needed someone to beat up, I'll, I'll volunteer for that too. Um, well, I kind of do that on a regular basis for my job. So. Okay. <laughs> so. With uh, with your uh, you know being in in Japan, do you uh, you said you were you you were originally going to be there for three months. Uh, now uh, now do you plan on continuing to stay there for an extended period of time, or are you looking to go elsewhere? Um, well, initially when I got invited to Japan, you know, many years ago, well, almost three years ago now. Uh, my intention was, you know, to make a name for myself in Japan, and I've done that. 100% if not more you know and I'm very proud of what I've accomplished in Japan you know because it's incredibly hard for a foreign wrestler to make it in Japan let alone you know be the first foreign member of Sendai Girls and you know being accepted as a foreigner you know it's it's incredible really and it's hard so now that I've accomplished uh, my goal and what I set out to do I adore Japan it, it will always be like my favorite place in the world but, you know, I'm sort of ready to spread my wings again, you know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the new year holds, you know. And then, uh, you know, being um, in Japan and wrestling for Japan, uh, do, they, uh, do, they give you, uh, do they give you housing or do you have to find all that stuff yourself? Do they take care of your travel expenses or is that all uh, inclusive in your, your side or do they do that for you? Well, that's confidential, I'm afraid. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to ask that. Don't uh, don't pull out the guillotine <laughs> on me. Okay, all right, we'll move on. I've got cover tricks up my sleeve. All right. So, 
in your in the future uh, coming up when you when you wrestle for New Japan, uh, do you guys wrestle once a week, biweekly, once a month, uh, once every other month? How often do you guys have shows? Did you say wrestle for New Japan? No, for Japan. All right, I was going to say. We wrestle, you know, we've got shows like a couple times a week. There'll be periods where we've, you know, we are traveling all over Japan. We are based out of Sendai, but we travel all over Japan, like, on a regular basis. So every week, a couple shows up and down Japan, like, you know. So what is the what is the the farthest distance you would travel then? The moon. The moon. Okay. All right. I I don't know how you'd wrestle on the moon. It'd probably be easy to get a cage up there, but uh, that would it's be. It's not been cool. done before, so I'll take that title. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, um, you, you're you're all stars to us. So we we love you, and uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so. Uh, Heidi Katrina is our guest. We have uh, three minutes here left. Uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing, uh, do you have a uh, Facebook? Do you have YouTube? Do you have Instagram? Do you got a Twitter? What do you got out there? Of course. So you can follow me on Instagram at, at Heidi Katrina with two A's. And on Twitter, it's Heidi Katrina, two A's. And Facebook, Heidi Katrina. And just keep up with all my antics, you know. I'm all over Japan, making a crazy name for myself. So, yeah, it's definitely worth a follow. Awesome. And then uh, real quick here, uh, this is a couple ego questions. Uh, the Icon made you a cool collector's guest card. What did you think of that? I thought it was great. It was very adorable. And uh, your, uh, your, your uh, entrance, your, uh, your announcement to the show, was that not the best? Uh, in-ring entrance you've ever announcement you've ever had i mean i wouldn't go that far but it was pretty good okay all right so i well okay i'll, I'll take that as a maybe okay <laughs> and uh real quick here we got we got a couple minutes here uh would you be uh you know I, i'm sure i'd have to pay for the postage and whatnot but would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways that we can uh you for our big December giveaway show? Uh yeah, sure, why not? All right, I'll send you the I'll send you the address. And uh, you know, I I I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and uh hopefully yeah. that you are not hopefully you're not getting charged for this call. Uh but if you do, uh, you know, don't fly to the States and guillotine me. I'll find a way to make it up to you somehow. I can't promise anything. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, I, I will get my security guard, uh, and uh, you can check out my bodyguard. She's on Facebook. Her name is Mariah Prussia. And uh, but of course, if she I'll saw you come. i breakfast. Oh, great! Uh, because uh, she'd probably see you coming at me. She'd probably sidestep way. She'd let, probably let you just go right at me. So that's probably what happened. Would but anyway, what's that? I might tag team, actually. Who knows? <laughs> Probably. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Heidi, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. We, uh, I'm sure. sorry for the delay, 
you're awesome, and uh, hopefully you'll be willing to be on with us again, and I'll be in contact with you. I'll send you that address, and you have been awesome, and we appreciate you being with us. Thanks, Heidi. Yes, big thanks to Actually Era Live. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Heidi. You have a great night. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was uh, that was interesting. So our next guest should be following in suit right now, I would guess. Um, so, uh, so what did you guys think of that uh, interview? Even though it was, you might have the best accent on planet Earth. Yeah. I loved her accent. I thought it was amazing. It's and, awesome. Uh, her. And she scares me, uh, you know. So I don't. Well, you think... should be scared. <laughs> so I don't think I'll be calling her again uh, at three in the morning. Well, three in the morning, my time is like one in the afternoon, her time or whatever the hell it is. So I don't know, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll just mind my P's and Q's from now on. Probably a wise idea, my friend. All right. So anyway, uh, but yes, we do have we do have the other caller on icon. All right, put him on. And I'll introduce him. Well, yeah, they're patched through. Ladies and gentlemen, our second combatant of the night. He is what you would call Mister Intensity. He is the reason why we like Ike. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ike Phillips. Hey, Ike, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Hi. Great. All right. What we do here, now that uh, we're going to have a full uh, time here with you, once I introduce the guests, we let them uh, give us a little background about themselves, and we ask them the tough questions. So if you want to give us a little uh, information about yourself, then we'll uh, ask you some questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm coming out of uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, I've been wrestling for about uh, just under five years now. Um, trained at uh, Old Time Wrestling in Williamstown, New Jersey, under Brian Johnson, who's now with uh, Ring of Honor. Um, before that, I had a career as a teacher, uh, so football coach, college and NFL. And uh, now I find myself in the wrestling business and Things are really starting to pick up for me, so I'm happy to be here. Uh, happy to be involved in this business, and looking forward to, you know, doing big things. Awesome, awesome. and uh, I will say one thing: uh, you uh, uh, are official Attitude Era Live record holder. You're the only uh, guest we've ever. You're the only guest that we've ever had had on two weeks in a row. Oh uh, yeah, I, I messed up big time last time. Uh, well, that's okay because yeah, they, they blame me, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, we didn't blame you. I'll make your fault. It's all me. I look back. He I got was, the date wrong. You know, guys, he was just excited about wanting to be on the show with us. That's why he called in. Well, yeah, I don't, don't, don't blame him. He was about wanting to be on a, our guest, you know. So That's it. You know it. Give credit where credit is due, you know. <laughs> so Can't control my excitement sometimes. So we have uh, we have Ike Phillips. He is our guest, and here is we're gonna give we're gonna we're gonna hit you with some tough questions. You know, sure. 
So in your in your tenure in the business, um, have you had a chance to win or go after any title? Yeah, um, most of them, actually all my title reigns have uh, have been at uh, Old Time Wrestling. Um, so I've held the classic title there uh, four times. Um, and right now I'm uh, set up to go for the tag titles at the next show. Um, we don't have an exact date on that. It's going to be sometime in the spring. Um, but those have been my... Uh, that's been my title run so far. I've been kind of at this point going all over the place with a bunch of different promotions. Um, so some I don't get to as much as I'd like. Um, sometimes I get to some a little bit more than others. Um, so as soon as I can like find a place that I can be at in a more uh, consistent manner, I'd probably be in the run for a couple of titles. So uh, what is the name of your tag team partner? What is the name of your tag team? Uh, well, we actually just got put together at the last show. Um, my tag team partner is, uh, Tank Tolan, uh, former Ring of Honor champion. He was in WWE as, uh, part of the Dick's tag team. Uh, and he's from the same area as I, and we, um, we were friends with each other, uh, outside of wrestling and we came together to do this, uh, do this tag match and it worked out very well. And now we're the number one contenders with the tag titles and. We'll see how it goes this spring. And uh, do you think you might be able to hook us up with him? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, nah, he's a great guy. He's always willing to talk. Uh, shares a lot of insight. He helps me out big time. Uh, got a lot of good stories from uh, Ring of Honor, WWE, and and even now. So uh, yeah, I could definitely make that happen. Okay, who's the better talker? Oh man, who's a better talker? He, I would say he's a better talker. I'd say he's definitely the better talker. He's got a very outgoing personality. I do as well in the right situations. Uh, I say I'm more of the doer, and he's the uh, okay. He's a talker, although he could do very well himself. All right. So basically, the way it is is he does he does all the the interviews and the promos, and you uh, carry the matches. I got it. I got it. I wonder he he's got some good experience. I think he can uh him and I have had matches together as well. He's he's very good. I call it even. Okay. He'd be nice about it. Well, that that I was I was I was I was being uh joking around and being facetious. But anyway, oh, I know. Uh, so when you guys wrestle or you yourself, would you consider yourself a babyface, a heel, an in-betweeny? Or do you let the audience decide what you guys are and you're yourself? Uh, I am 99.9% time babyface. Um, there's one promotion, D2W, up in uh, Warren, New Jersey, where I worked heel and I just turned face at the last show. So I, everywhere I am working right now, I am currently a face. And like I said, D2W is the only time I've ever worked heel. Uh, when I'm in training and everything like that, I always work heel too, um, just to get the work in. You never know. I want to be flexible for every promotion. So I do have, I do work both, but 99.9% of the time, I am like a John Cena type baby face. You know, very, very kid friendly, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of uh, don't. I, I try to tween it a little bit, but I definitely, uh, I definitely border on the line of baby face. Uh, Ike Phillips is our guest. We have um, 
Well, we have about uh, 25 minutes or so left here. Uh, when you're wrestling, we all know that uh, all wrestlers have uh, a great finishing maneuver. Uh, tell us the name of your finisher and what it entails. Okay, so uh, I have actually two. Um, kind of depends on where I am and and who I'm working. Um, as far as my finishers, uh, the one is a discus clothesline. Uh, I am I built myself in Miami, Florida. I used to live in Miami, uh, Miami Hurricane. I you know reference all the weather stuff sometimes, the hurricane stuff, and my so my discus clothesline is called the Category Five. Um, in reference to the you know highest power hurricane. And then I do a uh, – my other finisher that I have is the, uh, the Jumping Bulldog, um, pretty much the old school um, Dustin Rhodes Bulldog, usually a whip or a shadow from the corner or whatever, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll jump right into the Bulldog. That usually finishes them off pretty nicely. I can jump pretty high, so the, the Jumping Bulldog look, looks really nice. But um, I try to keep my finishers as something that I can do on everybody. Because you know you get in the um, yeah I can sit there and do some big move where I overpower somebody, but then when I get in the ring with somebody bigger, it doesn't really work out that way. So I want to have a finisher that I can do to every single person that I'm in the ring with. Got to be flexible. So those two are the ones that awesome. I, I definitely go with. So that leads me to my next question, then, and I think you may have already answered, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, would you consider yourself a high flyer, a technical wrestler, or would you say you're just a knockout, dragout brawler? Um, I would say in between a uh, brawler and a uh, technical wrestler. I'm very old school or trained very old school. I don't do anything too crazy in my matches. Um, I'll go to the top rope a couple times every few shows. Like, I don't do it. I don't do it so often um, for a couple reasons. Um, one is when I do it, when I actually do do it, then I want it to be something special. I don't want something that everybody can see every time. Um, I'm more of a guy that tries to get into the storyline. I try to get the crowd over the character. I try to get involved with the story of the match. Um, to me, moves don't matter. Um, it's a story that you tell within the moves that you use. So I'm not a big, crazy, high-flying, hardcore guy. And and there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I'm not knocking it. Everybody's got their own style. But for me, it's more about getting the crowd involved in the overall story of the match, not just the moves. Wow. And Granny, uh, uh, Granny, we're going to let uh, Granny and Big Swing ask you a couple questions. I'm going to hit you with the hard stuff. So, uh, Granny, go ahead. What do you got? Okay. Um, well, first of all, like I said, my name is Granny Hulkster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan, even though I've been threatened to have been thrown in the ring a few times here and there over the years of independent <laughs> shows I've been at. I holler at all the bad guys. You know, I, I don't like the bad guys. So, you know, I, I get help no, get the, the crowd worst. going. And I, I we, we, we have we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Anyways, um what has been your most memorable match you've ever been involved in in the years you've been wrestling? Uh, I would have to say um, I had a 30-minute um, Ironman match with uh, with Mick Drake. 
um, who's doing a lot of things all around the country. He's had some workouts with WWE, um, wrestled some uh, some dark matches for NXT. Um, he's over at the Booker T Reality Wrestling. Um, so he's uh, he's doing a lot of good things. Him and I have probably had like, geez, at this point, probably 20 matches together between um, all-time wrestling and a couple different promotions. But uh, we had a nice storyline going uh, with the classic title. He's the big guy that's had this for a long time. I was a newcomer trying to take it from him. It went back and forth a few times, and we finished it off with a uh, 30-minute Ironman match, and it's not something I had ever done before. And I just thought everything just hit the way it was supposed to hit. Timing was perfect on everything. And um, came away with the title, which is always nice. But the thing I I noticed most about that match was um, how much wind I still had left of me. I I told him as soon as the match was over, I was like, I can go another 30 easy right now. And that was just, um, just things were clicking, took our time, let everything register, let the crowd register everything we were doing. It was just one of those matches that just clicked, and, and I was really happy that that I could only not do that, but I felt that I could do a whole another one right after that. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Hey, yeah, Swing, are you there fun. with us? Well, he's probably he step away. Yeah, probably so. Uh, no, I'm here. I, I've been I've been listening, but I'm going in and out of the studios. Just like I said, I'm doing the Monday Night Football broadcast as well, so I'm going in and out. But I've been listening. I got right. you in one headphone. How's that game going, by the okay. way? Okay. Well, I mean, it's the Giants, so it, it's the home it's the hometown team for you know for for us here in New York. But it's you know the Giants. Not looking good this year, I know. No, I see. Well, I'm you know, a Cowboys fan, you. so I'm happy. I'm happy that they suck, but it's it's yeah, it's not pleasant. But well, right now it's twenty. Right now it's twenty-three twenty San Francisco with two minutes left. The Giants are getting the ball back uh, with about eh, just under three minutes to go in the thir- in the fourth quarter. So. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys shot. are Giants fans or not, but uh, uh, it uh, it may happen that uh, North Dakota State University uh, quarterback uh, Easton Stick would be a perfect fit there. So we'll we'll see what happens there. So, yeah, but they're they're, they're they're gonna go first round though. They're gonna go quarterback first round. They're not gonna wait so so he's available. But anyway. Well, he'll he'll be available right away. But anyway, uh, that's uh, that's another story. So, like when you're out there in the business, you know we all know that the WWE is the ultimate goal for any wrestler or or for most wrestlers. Now. I always ask this to all wrestlers, and no one ever answers it the same way. So I'm going to put this to you. If the WWE were to call you and offer you a contract, the thing is, the WWE, they basically control all aspects of your life. They tell you what you can do, where you can go, who you can talk to, this and that. As an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny and do what you want. What is your opinion on... Going to or not going to the WWE? Uh, if WWE comes calling, I'm I'm going 100, percent um, and I'll do whatever they need me to do. Uh, I understand you gotta you gotta pay some dues to uh, to make it up up to the big time, and I'm I'm willing to do anything I need to do in order to uh, make that happen. So 
I will uh, WWE comes calling, I'm going and we'll make whatever they have to uh, present to me work. So my next question then is, you know, we all know that you know the WWE. If you're employed there, you know you have to toll you have to toll the corporate line. We understand that. The question that we also will put to you is, when you get there, you know. We may not be able to have you on the show again, but you'll still consider us your friend, and you'll still be willing to talk to us, and you won't big time. Absolutely, I don't, I don't, I don't big time anybody. I'm, uh, I, I, I always, you know, remember where I came from. I always realized that um, everybody's connected to everybody in some way, and I always try to be as respectful as I can to everybody. Um, the one comment I get at, at most places, which is. Uh, probably the best compliment that I can get after I work a promotion is, um, is how professional I am and, and, you know, how friendly I am with everybody. So that's always how I've been. So I've grown up and, uh, that stuff never, never changes inside me, no matter what uh, situation pre- presents itself to me. You know, and that, that's what, that's what makes you awesome because, you know, you're, you know, you, you don't have, a big head on your shoulder. Well, uh, scrap that. Let let me go back. You you don't have a big ego, so you're still willing to keep in touch with the people that help get you where you're at. Instead of saying, "Oh, I'm sorry. I I what's your name again?" You know, you're not like that. And I like. No, that. I can I can never be. And I love and I love that about you. And here's my other question. This is kind of an ego question. I got a couple for you. The icon made you a cool collector's card. What was your opinion on that? Uh, that's pretty cool. No, that's all. And uh, I love that. that's great. And uh, and your uh, your um, in ring entrance before you came on the show, you got a great uh, introduction. How was that? How would you rank that? Oh, I loved it. It was great. It was enthusiastic, and it got me fired up. I was like, I was like, I wasn't expecting all that. Just, uh, just old, just old me. So I wasn't expecting something so extravagant. But I do appreciate it, and uh, it was pretty cool to hear. So now, when you get to the WWE and you 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 tell the WWE, hey, you know, I got I got my buddy the Icon. I want him to be my personal ring announcer. You know, kind of like Alberto Del Rio, what Bobby Lashley does. I, I'm, in my opinion, I'm better than them. What do you think? Oh yeah, we could definitely shoot that to him. Worst they could say uh, is no, but there's nothing doesn't uh, doesn't hurt to ask, you know. Right. Okay, you guys, it's on tape. You heard it here. Here's what we're gonna do real quick here. Uh we got uh Ike Phillips is our guest. We have uh we got twelve minutes here left with you. Uh I had sent you a script uh to do a little promo for us that we'll use when we uh uh replay this back. Uh we're gonna go ahead and take care of that now. Uh I'll count you down from five and then we'll uh go ahead and do it. If we have to do a couple takes, we'll do that and then we'll go from there. Ready? Okay, here we All go. Right, so we're doing five. that uh, right now. Hey, this is Ike Phillips. Listen to the Attitude Era Live with Coach the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Awesome. And the cool thing is because you said their names uh, second and third, I'll be able to edit them out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't lie to them now. That's the way you set that up for me. 
Well, well, well he's, he says he's well, kidding now, but, you know, he's not but oh, I know that. I, I, I do all the post production stuff, so so technically technically I could edit the icon's name out, but I wouldn't do that either. Right. No, it, it just it just wouldn't suffer. So you what where you're wrestling at right now, do you guys have shows uh once a week, uh twice uh twice a week, every other week? Once a month, once every other month. How often do you uh, have shows? And what is your uh, next? So, uh, so I just wrestled this past um, Friday for Pro Wrestling After Dark, and I have a uh, show this upcoming Saturday with SWF. I, uh, I'm in a battle royal. Um, uh, so when I was with Old Time Wrestling, we actually had shows every week. Um, that was where we trained, and then we'd have weekly shows at uh, – at 2 p.m., and which is nice because you can get involved in a little storyline and you get work every week. Um, and then I'd be booked at some other promotions, just a few when I started out, um, some other places. So, you know, sometimes I was wrestling twice a week, sometimes once. Um, now I'm just I'm working for a lot of different promotions right now, and most of these promotions run once a month. So most of the time I'm getting uh, – you know, at least a show a week right now. Uh, I'd like to humble up a little bit more, especially if, you know, some run on a Friday or Sunday. Most of them run on Saturdays. But at this point right now, I'm I'm between the you know, the few promotions that I'm working right now, I'm, I'm at least getting, getting a show a week if I want it. Now, you have held, uh, a, you know, single championships. Uh, are you are you doing a rematch uh, in the in the future, I would like to see the title. Right no, I would I would like to go back to uh, having that other title again. It's, uh, kind of put it on the map, so I'm I'm looking forward to taking it again at some point. What tag, is your the tag team rate? thing? Uh, I don't know. The, now these uh, the old time wrestling shows aren't running as often anymore. They're probably going like two to three times a year now. So those plans are always uh, a little further in the future now. Um, I, I am focused on getting that title back, but at this point I'm, I'm also looking at other promotions, trying to grab some title opportunities there too. Uh, I know if given the opportunity, I just haven't had the opportunity yet. If given the opportunity, I know I'd, uh, I'd make a great champion for any of these promotions. Well, when you're, you know, you mentioned you'd be, you're trying to get other promotions. How far uh, are you willing to travel? Do you want to stay in, in the state you're at, or uh, are you willing to go all the way across the states? Uh, no, I'm, I'm willing to travel ever, anywhere. Um, right now, I'm, I'm mostly based in New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Um, do some stuff in Delaware, done stuff in New York, um, Rhode Island. Uh, so basically around the... Uh, the Northeast is where I've done most of my work, but I am uh, I am looking to do some work, you know, all around the country if, uh, if those opportunities present itself. Um, trying to talk to a couple different promotions right now. Nothing is set in stone yet, but uh, hopefully soon I'll get a I'll get a word on a couple of things around the country where I can, you know, really show everybody uh, what I can do. Well, you know, I have I have an idea for you. I don't know if you're willing to travel up here or not, but I'll, I'll let you know. 
We have a promotion up here in North Dakota called Fully Loaded Wrestling. I think, okay. and I would love to be your manager when you're here. Now, this is not an ego thing. This is what I want. I would be a perfect manager for you. I could have you take out Karanoia uh, for me. She just uh, yeah. she wrestles men. Okay, she's the current champion for Fully Loaded, and yeah. she recently uh, two weeks ago. Uh, she beat uh, the guy that I wanted to beat her because she she refuses to be on our show. I would love that? to have you come down, wrestle her, take the title, and then you can win our $100 bounty that we have. Oh, that works out well. well why does she want to be on the show? Well, she said, well, it's, it, it's, I guess it's not her cup of tea. It, it, it wouldn't do anything for her career, according to her. Nah, doesn't sound like she knows much. Yeah, and people got on me badly because I, I had mentioned that. You know, one even, one even put down my co-host, uh, Big Swing, our producer, Granny Hoekstra. The guy even put down my mother. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so you know I'm a great guy, you know. Oh, I know that. And, uh, exactly, and... and uh, uh, and I promise I'll stop calling you at three in the morning. I, uh, I have your I have your personal number. I'll stop calling you at three in the morning. I promise because I want to keep our friendship. But <laughs> and we have uh, I was going to ask you here a favor. We have a we have a big December promo show coming up here, and wondering if you'd be willing to send us a few autographs for some giveaways. Yeah, if I were to send you an address. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Of course, that's never, that's never so I'll go ahead and get that sent out to you. Whatever you can uh, send us, you know, send one autograph to the icon, of course, so I can put it uh, on my wall, and then uh, a couple others for giveaways. That'd be awesome. Sounds good. That's not a problem. Cool. Now, uh, before we let you go here, uh, if our fans wanted to check you out, you have a Facebook, you have an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a YouTube. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, on? I have. Uh, I, I I'm not a big social media guy. Uh, I know it hurts me sometimes. Uh, I just I just never been uh, too into it. But I do have a Facebook. Uh, it is under Ike Phillips. Um, that's where you'll find all my stuff. I'll post any matches that I'm able to get taped. Will be on there. Um, I try to keep up with it as much as I can. Like I said, I'm not a huge social media guy. But anything, any upcoming matches and stuff like that, I will post on there. I am starting to get a little bit better at it, um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not fully, fully there yet. But I will be. And uh, real quick here, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, TV show Perfect Strangers, but there's an episode, and the reason why I bring this up because uh, one of the one of the gals that was in that show, Candy, uh, Candy Mayo. Um, or Candy Milo is going to be on our show, and she was in this episode. And cousin Larry was talking about, you know, because she was pregnant and they had to set everything up, right? And he right. says, you know, I know now I know how Ike must have felt just before D Day. And Selkie says, was this before or after Ike met Tina Turner? You know, of course he was talking <laughs> about Eisenhower, but. Uh, I just want to throw that out because your name is your name is Ike, and I just thought that would be cool that uh, you know you could check that out because they they use your name Ike, and you could use that uh, as like a ring thing. Now I like it. When he beats you up, is that before or after Ike met Tina Turner? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I just oh, had to great. throw that out there. I, I don't know why, but I just had to throw it. I, I just thought that was amusing to me. But anyway, uh, we uh, Ike Phillips is our guest, and we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us. You have been most cordial. You have been awesome, and hopefully uh, we can have you on again in the future. And we do want to have you again on in 2009 after you and your tag team partner win the tag team championships. We'll bring you guys both uh, both back on, and we'll have you both on. And if you can uh, have him contact me, we can get him on singly as well. And uh, yeah, we'll, be we'll promote the heck out of you guys. Uh, if you can keep me keep me abreast of when you guys are going for the tag team championships, we'll have you on like a week before, and then after you win the titles, we'll have you on again the next week, and then you can break your own record. That sounds good to me. I'm I'm going for the All record right. here. We'll awesome. It. Thanks, Ike. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks, Ike. Ike Phillips, ladies and gentlemen. I like Ike. That's I A E Phillips. All right. So, uh, our final guest should be calling in here within the next few minutes. So, what do you, what do you guys think? Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, see the end of Raw, but uh, your gal, Alexa Bliss. She uh, she picked her team. Yes, I I saw I saw parts of it. I saw Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, you know, going at it. But I, I missed the beginning uh, with with Alexa, which kind of sucks because I I wanted to see Bliss, but I had to do the football thing. Um, well, she had Bailey and Sasha Banks in a match together, and whoever won was supposed to be the number five team member, but then uh, Nia Jackson, Tamina, and Nikki James, they all interfered, so uh, the match got stopped, and then uh, they brought Ruby Riot out to be the fifth member, and then all of a sudden they go back to the back, and Ronda Rousey's, you know, getting attacked by Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch comes to the ring, and then all of a sudden a bunch of the SmackDown girls comes running to the ring, and and then it just all heck broke loose. So you know, basically that's how it so, ended. So so who's so who's the fifth team member? Oh. So she didn't even consider Sasha or uh, Bailey. You know, even though they were facing each other to be the fifth team member, she brought in Ruby Riot. She says, "Now I'm going to announce the fifth member of the team, Ruby Riot." And here comes the Riot Squad and. Uh, and uh, and there was even some blood tonight too, which was surprising. Oh yes, there was. Very the face was covered in blood. So, so I did see that. So, that's, uh, that's the part that I did see. So when our next uh, guest calls in, we'll put him on right away, and we'll have uh, we'll have him on till uh, the sh- just about before the show is in. Well, uh, seven six three—that's the area code right here. So. Did you want me to play a little some some? Yeah, go ahead, play that, and then uh, we'll introduce them. I can I'll play it in the background. Why don't you go ahead and tell us who it is? Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have probably the biggest country music legend ever to come out of the state of South Dakota. Ladies and gentlemen. We'll tell you what happens when you go on to the woods today. Here, Sherwin. 
out one dark and windy day. Hello. Mary. Hello. How are you? I'm doing fine. Is this Scott? It is. The icon. How are you? I'm doing fine. It's 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 good it's good to have you join us today, sir. And like I mentioned, uh, you are a country music legend, and uh, I've always been a big fan of yours. And what we'll do here, now that I've introduced you, we'll have you give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll ask you some cool questions. Okay, that sounds fine. Go ahead, tell us a little about yourself. I don't think we have a real good connection here, but. Uh... Uh, I can Is hear that you. better? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh, well, we'll have you give a little background about yourself, then we'll ask you some questions. So tell us a little about yourself, then we'll ask you the the tough questions. Oh, okay. A little background about myself, huh? Uh, right. Well, I I grew up in South Dakota. My dad was a railroad section foreman. We moved around to a lot of small towns during my grade school years, my uh, prior grade school and grade school. And then in eighth grade, we moved into Watertown, and uh, that's where I uh, went to uh, high school and graduated in 1957. During the time um, I was even 9, 10, 11 years old, I started learning how to play the guitar from uh, a fellow in a little town of Hazel, South Dakota, where we lived at the time. And then when we moved into Watertown, I got an electric guitar. But I was at the time singing old cowboy songs and country songs and anything else that I liked and uh, folk songs. And then by the mid-'50s, when rock and roll was starting to get popular, I was learning that, of course, too, and started a little rockabilly band. I had my own show very shortly after that when I was about 15 or 16, on the local radio station KWAT in Watertown. And that was a great launching pad for me because uh, working there in the radio station uh, with the uh, various people that uh, were uh, on the staff there gave me a great uh, background into uh, the music business from the broadcast point of view. And then of course, I was in uh, musical activities in high school, both choral and band uh, uh, music, and uh, being a member of both uh, the acapella choir and the band. And all of those things set a stage for me to have uh, developed uh, an eclectic taste in music. My dad and mom used to sing in the cars we'd drive around and they knew a lot of old songs and gospel songs too. So then when I graduated from high school I moved into Minneapolis and started a band here called the Fender Benders. Sherwin Linton and the Fender Benders. It wasn't very long before we were playing all over here in this area and then started touring and we came to Fargo I remember in uh, 1962 and played the five spot there. We became an immediate hit there and played in in that place many times in the 60s and and the early 70s and uh, toured all the way out. Got to uh, Las Vegas and Nashville and started recording in the mid 60s down in Nashville. 
came up with a hit song called Cotton King that hit the top ten and number one in many areas. So since that time, I've continued to... We have that, too. We have that loaded up there. Pardon me? I said we have that. We were um, were playing earlier. Yeah. Now, I... I, You know, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, your song was called The Cotton King, and uh, I believe your band is called The Cotton Kings now, if that's correct. Well, after I hit... That was in 1966, 67, when that song hit, and... So then I changed the name of the band from the Fender Benders to the Cotton Kings to kind of identify with that song. It also gave me more of a a country music-sounding name for the band. Okay, and being from South Dakota, I'm just kind of curious, because I I love that song, you know, being the son of a Cotton King, but I'm just kind of curious how many cotton fields there are in South Dakota and... uh, you know, how how much cotton have you done in the picking? <laughs> well, I never really did pick very much cotton except to buy a few T-shirts. But when I went to Nashville to record, I met uh, a songwriter, Wayne Carson Thompson, who was a very successful songwriter. He wrote Always On My Mind and a lot of other hits. And uh, I said, could you write a song for me about Southern life in a rural setting with a positive philosophical message. He came back the next day, and he had that song, The Cotton King, and it fit exactly what I was talking about, about a a kid that was born in a rich family in the South and uh, ended up, though, uh, through his uh, uh, younger life, ended up uh, in uh, almost poverty, but he was still happy because he had family, and still uh, enjoyed his life and uh, was not uh, too good to worry about whether he had money or not. So uh, I make a good living, and the, uh, the last line is, I make a good living uh, in, out in the field every day for another man they call the Cotton King. So uh, I thought that had a good message to it and uh, had a good melody, good uh, story. Uh, so I think uh, that kind of exemplified what I had asked for, and uh, even though I'm from South Dakota, I didn't know anything about picking cotton, but we sure did well with that song. And there is one song, and I'm going to ask you about this, uh, and then that'll lead me to my next uh, thing, and then then we'll do the uh, liner thing, and then we have a big announcement for you uh, just before the interview ends. So uh, you had a song that I used to listen to every single night for a year when I was five and six. That's the only way I would go to sleep uh, is if my dad would play this record. And it was a golden black record. On the one side, it was the Children of Tobacco Road. And on the other side, it's my all-time favorite song of yours called The Three Bears. A couple yeah. of questions about that song. One, well, that song was... Where uh, can I... The song, The Three Bears, was uh, written by Bobby Troop, who uh, wrote a lot of hit songs, too. He wrote uh, Route 66. Remember that song? Get yep, your yep. On Route 66. So, anyway, uh, he wrote The Three Bears, and we recorded it. And uh, we had a pretty good, successful novelty record with that song, too. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people tell me similar stories to what you have just told me that uh, as children, why they they just loved that record, you know, 
once upon a time in a neat little cottage lived the three bears. <laughs> now, my question is, can I get that song on CD single somewhere? Do you have it? Do you have a way to send that on audio files to us? Uh, if you can, that would be awesome because, you know, I, I have that on 45. And like I say, that record is like wore out. You know, I played that and I played that and I played that, it, you know, and I, I've been trying to find that on YouTube. I'm trying to find it on CD single, your greatest hits, and I can't find it anywhere. No, it, it's it, never been uh, transferred or put on a CD of any kind. Uh, we uh, might. Um, uh, I think I did take the original uh, uh, master tape to a studio one time and had them transfer it, but we didn't produce uh, CDs of it. But uh, I'll see if I can if I can find out if that's been done or if not. Maybe we can get it done and get it up to you. It probably won't arrive uh, in your email inbox tomorrow, but uh, we'll try to get it there when we can. Well, I'll tell you what. If uh, I'll tell you what, my birthday is January twenty seventh. If you can uh, get it to me for my birthday, that would be awesome. Well, we'll see if we can make that happen, Scott. The three awesome. bears, and then you'll the be able to go bears. to sleep again. Right. Exactly. Now, speaking of the three bears, uh, this summer, uh, the uh, icon was on stage with you. Uh, at a at a at a fair, and I was wondering if you could uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what it was like being on stage with him, and uh, did uh, did he do okay when he was on stage with you, singing the Three Bears? Oh, he did great. In fact, he knew the whole song probably better than I did anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were real proud to have the icon there. Awesome, and uh, now you. Uh, you, you're also uh, you're also uh, married. Uh, I believe your wife's name is Pam. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, it is. Now, uh, now, how, how did uh, if you if you want to mention it, how how you guys met? Was she did she become part of your band? Uh, did you meet her during a concert? Um, how did that all come about? Well, uh, actually, uh, in 1980, uh, I played up in a little town of St. Stephen, um, a, a place that a small venue up there booked me just as a single to play up there. Not without, I didn't have my band with me, but uh, they booked me up there to perform. And uh, the owner's wife uh, of the venue where we played, uh, it was called Tommy O's, and she uh, said, we got a couple girls here that sing. Uh, and they're just teenagers Would you get them up to sing with you So I did And they were Patty and Pam And uh, uh, Sisters there And they sang Delta Dawn And uh, probably a couple other songs And I was quite impressed with them So I said well when you get out of school Or even now that you're in school From time to time If your parents would bring you to where I, I'm performing with my band uh I would feature you on our show. And then by the time they were graduated from high school, uh, by 1982, they were with me full time. And uh, later on, Pam's sister went to Nashville and uh, became quite successful there, band leader for Laurie Morgan, and then 
sang with George Jones for uh, eight years, but uh, Pam stayed with our show, and in 1988, we got married. So uh, we've been married for over 30 years now, and uh, she is a great, a wonderful performer, been with me, you could say, <laughs> seems like almost all my life. And uh, she's, of course, younger than me, but uh, a very, very talented uh, performer, as well as a great, uh, uh, wonderful uh, lady to be married to, and she handles uh, a big part of the business uh, elements. Of our uh, of our entertainment uh, enterprise, and uh, I also need to thank uh, your wife Pam because uh, when uh, I was out there uh, with you this summer, she was nice enough to uh, uh, sign an autograph uh, to my mother. Uh, my mother's one of her all-time favorite singers, of course, is Patsy Cline and Loretta, uh, Loretta Lynn. And uh, we played, and I play. I gave that CD to my mother as well, and uh, she listens to it all the time. And uh, she 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 loves your uh, wife's voice. I gotta let you know that. Okay. So you also um, do a uh, do a tribute uh, to Johnny Cash uh, in your show. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Johnny and I started doing cash tributes way back in the late 50s and 60s. And in 1971, we uh, actually went into the state penitentiary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and uh, performed and recorded a live tribute album uh, and brought in a major recording studio facility in there to record it so that we had a, a, a... you know, uh, state-of-the-art quality quality of that. And hello, I'm not Johnny Cash. He liked it real well, had me on his show several times, so we continue to do Johnny Cash. Uh, Sherwin-Winton is our guest. We have, uh, well, we have about 20 minutes or so here left with you. Now, this uh, weekend, uh, you had a, a distinct honor. You were uh, inducted into another Hall of Fame, correct? Yes, just this past weekend, on this past Friday, I was inducted into the Watertown, uh, South Dakota Hall of Fame, uh, City Hall of Fame that recognizes people f- from within the city and those who have grew up there or have a Watertown connection, and uh, they... Uh, chose to select me as uh, a, to induct me into their Hall of Fame. That's the 12th Hall of Fame that I've been inducted into, but um, I'm still not famous, but at least it's nice to get these uh, recognitions. What was, uh, what was your first Hall of Fame? Colorado Country Music Hall of Fame in 1975. We performed out in that area a lot, and... Uh, they had a country music association there that decided that I should be in there in the Colorado Country Music Hall of Fame. And then I was inducted into the South Dakota Musicians Hall of Fame and uh, Minnesota Music Hall of Fame, Minnesota Rock Country Hall of Fame, South Dakota Citizens Hall of Fame. That was really special uh, to be in a Hall of Fame along with uh, everybody from uh, Hubert Humphrey and uh, Cheryl Ladd and uh, even Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse are in that Hall of Fame. So 
over, and there was some pretty well-known names, Tom Brokaw and uh, Sparky Anderson, the baseball manager. So we got inducted into that Hall of Fame and then the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, in, uh, along with Bobby V. I was the first inductee into that uh, Hall of Fame in 2009 and uh, several other halls over the years. And uh, it's just always a special, the National Traditional Country Music Hall of Fame inducted me. So uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have received these recognitions, but uh, I, don't, uh, I don't blow my horn on that, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's right. Just, it's nice to be, get that honor, but it's very humbling each time. And being inducted in my hometown of Watertown into their Hall of Fame was very special because uh, being recognized in your hometown, uh, Terry Redland, of course, who's from Watertown, and he was a classmate of mine, well, one year ahead of me, but I knew him very well. And he's a great artist, and he has the Redland, they have the Redland Museum there, art museum that he uh, 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 built there for the city of Watertown. So uh, I think most people are familiar with his name. Uh, just being in, in that hall along with people like that uh, is very special, too. Right, and I'm also pleased to announce that uh, – uh, it's being started uh, actually tonight, and I'll, I'll be getting this uh, certificate out to you. I want you to know that uh, Attitude Era Live is starting a Hall of Fame, and you are, are going to be our first inductee into that. Would you repeat that, please? Well, uh, Attitude Era Live is uh, starting a Hall of Fame as well, and I want you to know that you are the first guest uh, to be inducted into our Hall of Fame. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Well, and I will be getting cool. once once the certificate is made, I'll get it sent out to you. But I want you to know that you are our first inductee into that Hall of Fame. Well, <laughs> that's uh, that's a special honor too. Thank you very much. Awesome, and I, like I say, once I get the certificates made and printed and designed, I'm going to send it out to you. And uh, I, I know it's not as uh, as big as your other twelve. You know, maybe you can like like hang it on your wall, like underneath, Every, like a bigger picture or something. I don't know. But <laughs> Every, everyone is important, and everyone is uh, very special to me. So, and I appreciate that, and want to thank you for that recognition. Awesome. Now, uh, real quick here, uh, I had uh, sent you a little script here. Uh, we're going to have you do the liner now, then we're going to ask you a few more questions, and we'll. Uh, uh, let you get back to uh, what you uh, what you're doing this evening. But uh, uh, what I'll do is I'll count you down from five, and then uh, we'll do that. And then if we have to do a couple takes, we will. And then uh, I'll let uh, my co-host ask some questions, and I'll ask you a few others, and we'll uh, uh, let you uh, we'll let you go for the night. But uh, uh, do you have the script with you there? Yes, I do. Okay, so I'll count you down from five, and then we'll go ahead and do that. Ready? So you five. want me to record these now for you, or or? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll count you down, then we'll record it. All okay, right, you ready to five. go? Yep, five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Sherwin Linton. You're listening to Attitude Era Live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster.
Cool. One take. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, now, now, Granny, I know that you you got to have some questions for our guests, so go ahead. What do you got? Well, I I really don't have any questions, but I would like to tell this wonderful gentleman that I've been sitting listening to this amazing interview. I love country music. I mean, that's all I listen to. I mean, you know, I mean, I love good country music, uh, gospel music. I mean, I love it. And this man sounds absolutely amazing. I, I I have just been so impressed with his interview, and just it's been such an enjoyable interview to listen to. Because, like I said, I I like my good country music. I mean, I live in the state of Arkansas. I've been to South Dakota actually um, several times. I mean, when I was a child with my family, and then my when my dad was still alive, while he could still drive, uh, my son was like 13 or 14 years old, we took a family trip, and we took my son to South Dakota so he could see Mount Rushmore and before my dad passed away and um, in 2004. So I have just really thoroughly enjoyed listening to this interview. I mean, I, I can't really think of any questions because I just you pretty much covered everything that I was thinking of icon and and it's just a joy to listen to him you know you know in this interview so I I've just been very impressed with it. Well, when you went to South Dakota, Granny, uh, and see and saw Mount Rushmore, do you recall did you go through the Badlands of South Dakota as well? Oh yes. Oh yes, oh yes. We went through the Badlands, Custer State Park. I mean, you know, we we tried to see Crazy Horse, but it was really rainy that morning and and foggy, and you could just barely see the outline of his finger, you know, pointing, you know. But um, my son, he loved um, the buffalo, the donkeys. I I have so many funny stories about those donkeys up there in the park that. I mean, when I was a child, I was... Impressive in itself, yes. Yeah, Um, I I was probably... I was probably two or three years old, and my dad had an old Suburban, and my mom, she had her window rolled down on her side of the vehicle. My mom never drove. I mean, my dad did all the driving, you know, when when I was a kid growing up, but she had a big old cinnamon roll on the dashboard of the, the Suburban, and this big old brown donkey stuck his head in the window and yanked up that cinnamon roll in one big bite. I mean, it was gone. It was there one minute and gone the next. And but um, I just, you know, I love, I love South Dakota. I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful place to visit. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get back up that way again or not. But um, it was kind of funny because my son. When we went through western Kansas, because I lived in western Kansas for 17 years, a little town called St. Francis, and we stopped there, and he's looking around, and he's like, gosh, Mom, what'd you do for fun? You know, this isn't a very big town, you know, and I said, well, you know, I mean, we did what we could do, to, you know, to have fun, but... um but uh, my grandmother went to South Dakota one time to for to visit, you know, to just to go on a trip. And one of the little baby donkeys tried to eat eat her wicker purse, but it was in the trunk of her car, so it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, those donkeys will eat anything. Well, and and they literally they they tell you not to feed them, but it's like they don't let you buy 
unless you get out and feed them. I mean, then they'll let you buy. I mean, I remember getting a postcard in one of the gift shops there at Mount Rushmore. We went in the gift shop to get something to eat because it actually started hailing while we were there. And it, I mean, it just, it looked like, I mean, it just covered the ground just like in three minutes. It looked like snow on the ground. And I remember getting a postcard and it's got a picture of a donkey and it says, may I please see your driver's license? <laughs> you know, he was like looking in the window of the vehicle. and But um, well, I, just, like I, I love South time. Dakota. Oh, yes. yes. Memories of that yes, trip. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, it's really no, uh, good to talk with you. And you uh, just keep on enjoying music. And uh, we'll keep on enjoying performing it as long as we can. That's awesome. Now, Sherwin, you have, a, you, have a, you have another song I was going to ask you about. Now, a lot of people think that it's uh, actually Junior Brown that sings it, but it was actually done by you. It's called Santa Got a DWI. Yeah, that was my record. I wrote that song back in 1985, recorded it in 1986, and it actually had some truth in it. We had a Christmas show in southern Minnesota, and uh, the Santa Claus that was in that show that was hired by the venue had to have quite a few libations to have the courage to be Santa Claus. So uh, when he got done in Santa Claus in the show, he went out and got in his car and drove away, and I thought, in his Santa suit, and I, next morning I got to thinking, wow, wonder if he made it okay, go home okay. Wouldn't that be something if Santa got a DWI? Right away I got up, took me about 15 minutes, and I wrote that song and uh, made it into an anti-drunk driving song. There was, you can tell by the last verse, and uh, it it really got a lot of play. It actually was quite controversial at the time, and uh, we still get a lot. Of, it's sold over a million records now, and we still get uh, a lot of uh, a lot of play on it every year during the Christmas holiday season. You know, actually, the first I, I I apologize. I had no. I didn't know that you you sang it, but uh, the first time I heard that song, I had bought a I had bought an album called the the Redneck Twelve Days of Christmas, and that song was on there. Did you okay. were you aware yeah, of yeah. that? Yeah, it was on several compilation albums. In fact, Rhino Records out in California picked it up and they put it on a CD called uh, A Bummed Out Christmas, and and. Uh, <laughs> along with the Everly Brothers and uh, George Jones and some other people that have recorded crazy Christmas songs. So uh, uh, we've gotten a lot, of, a lot of play and a lot of sales out of that song. Now, when they, um, you know, I was always curious, when they, when they decide that uh, they want to put your song on an album like that, uh, do they have to contact your agent? Do they have to contact your record company? Do they have to contact you to get permission to use it? Or they uh, yes, like- uh, in fact, at the time, um, the, when we recorded that, Bobby V and Dave Hoffman, an agent, had a record, and, and Johnny Holm, they had partnered to have a record label called Breaker Records. And so they actually uh, wanted me to record it, and I did. Then they put it on their record label first and set up national distribution. 
So then uh, later on, um, Rhino Records contacted Breaker Records, and that's how that ended up going onto the Rhino Records CD. But I then I I purchased all the rights to the master from uh, their company, and uh, so I've owned it now ever since 1988 or 90, something like that. And now uh, anybody that would want to use it has to uh, go through our publishing company. Now, um, what has been your biggest selling record? Is that my biggest selling record? Well, it probably is. Cotton King did pretty well, but... uh, uh, and I've had several others, too. Uh, we had a novelty song back in the 70s called You Men Are All Alike that was kind of a funny song. And uh, also uh, a song called When She Cries that Shel Silverstein wrote. And uh, lots. We, I've recorded over 500 songs and had, I think, about 50 single records and about 20 albums, something like that. So we've recorded a lot of music, but uh, those are our best songs. Now, uh, those uh, with, with the with the sales. Now, you uh, those uh, those were gold records for you, right? Well, uh, I guess you would have to call it that, but uh, I I don't because even though I sold over a million records of the Santa song, it was uh, it took seven different labels to sell that many so um, the record industry association I've never gotten actually a gold record for that but it would equate to that yeah because um, you know I um, I had put out a I had put out a comedy record and uh, that went aluminum <laughs> yeah well most of mine just go go final <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm like, I was like one one sale away from going triple plastic, which. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, when is um, when is uh, your your next uh, next show? Uh, that, uh, your, your next concert. When's my next concert? Actually, mm-hmm. we're going to be not too far from your. We're going to be uh, uh, in Aberdeen, South Dakota. We we start doing our Christmas show tours now coming up. We're going to be in Aberdeen. At, on the November 30th, uh, it'll be a 6.30 p.m. show at the uh, Aberdeen um, Community uh, Theater, uh, or Convention Theater, I believe it's called. And uh, we'll be there at 6.30 doing our Christmas show on November 30th. And we'll also be, part of the show will be the Aberdeen Central High School Choir uh, or a cappella choir, and they will be performing part of the show along with us and also opening for us. So that'll be a wonderful show uh, in Aberdeen on the 30th of November, and then we'll be uh, coming back into the Twin Cities area at a place called the La Music Room at uh, St. Michael, Minnesota, a nice performing arts theater, and then we'll be at the Redland Center in Watertown with our Christmas show on the 7th of December, uh, both doing a matinee and an evening performance. And uh, people can check our website, Sherwin, www.sherwinlinton.com, 
and uh, they can see all the dates that we have on our schedule. In the uh, later part of January, we go down to South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley, and we come back up into the Midwest and start doing our shows up in this area again. So uh, they can check our website, SherwinLinton.com, but uh, the uh, the area or the Aberdeen show on the 30th of November will be a very special show, and also with the Redland Center, Redland Arts Center, on the 7th of uh, December. So awesome. Sherwin sure Linton is our guest. We have about uh, five minutes here left with you. Now, there's another song that you did that seems like every year, every couple of years, you can add a, a couple extra verses to it. Uh, you have a song that you've done about the Minnesota Vikings, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Called There's Always Next Year. It was right. quite topical and, uh, and still is. <laughs> now did you uh did you happen to uh write a verse for last year's debacle? No, I didn't I I didn't write uh, a verse for that. I, I wrote several verses up through about two thousand three and then I uh, the song was pretty Amusing and funny and actually historical regarding the Vikings history. The Vikings history. Uh, but I've already written one for this year. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll have to see if they uh, how they do. But I've gotten one written that uh, uh, might be pertinent. We'll see. Awesome. And then uh, you know, if you uh, you know, like I say, I'll uh, I'll stay in contact with you. By the way, I do appreciate. Uh, you send in the autographs that you sent us. Uh, we'll be giving those away in December. You would, uh, you had a nice autograph picture that you sent me. I'm going to ask you about this real quick. Uh, we have about four minutes here left. Uh, on the picture that you autographed to me, and I do appreciate it. Uh, I I bought a frame already, and it's up on my wall. The well, guitar nice. in that picture. You that's still a, have that guitar? It was a guitar, kind of guitar that I built that? Uh, while using some Fender guitar parts, but. But I uh, built that back in 1965, and uh, double-neck guitar. You still have it? Oh, yes, I still have it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't what is, uh, anymore, but uh, I still have you, it. Sure do. Of all the guitars that you own, what is, uh, what is uh, your favorite guitar, and what is your oldest? Um, well, I've, I have uh, my, I guess you'd call it my favorite guitar, um, that uh, I, I bought in 1959 from Schmidt Music uh, in Minneapolis, the first Fender Jazzmaster sold here, and I still play it. And I even invented a special device for it that stretches the B string a full note. It's a lever that enables me to get certain style guitar licks. And later on, um, another guitar player, Clarence White, uh, who uh, had seen my device developed another another similar one that creates the same effect but uh, uh, with a different concept and uh, he, uh, he he uh, mine was in 1961 that I invented it and then in the late 60s he he developed a different one but uh, so that enables me to get a certain sound that that uh, is kind of unique to the guitar. Awesome. And, uh, you know, if uh, if uh, you're uh, 
I, I probably won't be able to make your Aberdeen show, but uh, when you're uh, when you're close to me again, uh, I would definitely like uh, I definitely plan on coming out there. You know, it's like I say, it all attributes to my father and uh, who uh, who I introduced you to when uh, we were on stage there together. And uh, you've always been uh, his uh, favorite ever since he used to see you at the fly spot. And, uh, of course, the fly spot isn't around anymore. But he uh, he told me many stories. He said, yeah, I, I used to go there. I used to see Sherwin Linton play there. And, you know, he was he always brought the house down. And he was he was awesome. And, you know, uh, that's, when, <laughs> that's when he started playing the record. And like I said, I would not go to sleep. Uh, from the age of five to six, unless my dad played that record every night, you know. And uh, now the I suffer from a son. Fargo was a very popular place, and we played there a lot. The first time we played there was on July 29th, 1962. I remember that date. And um, anyway, we played there many times over the years through into the early 70s. And Bill Fortune, who owned the five spot there, was a fine gentleman and uh, very popular person there uh, operating that place. And I loved Fargo and loved playing there. I would like to come back there and do a show again. But uh, maybe we can get booked back into the fair at Barnesville again this year. We'll have to see. Well, and I would, uh, if you'd allow me to come out and see you again, uh, I, I don't know if you'd ever let me back on stage with you again, but I, I would love to do that again. And, if you're uh, in the audience, we'll have to get you up there. And uh, I, I will let you know. I'm going to e- email this to you. Uh, there is a fan of mine and a fan of yours that actually took video of me on stage with you. I don't know if you'd want to see that again, but I'm going to go ahead and send it to you, and then you can, uh, you know, and then we can talk about it. If we can get you back to Barnesville again, I'll come up there, and uh, if you let me be on stage with you again, man. Uh, not only did you make my life last summer, now you can make my life again by being on stage with you. Well, we'll we'll see if we can do that. Hey, here's one for you. Do you know who sure. Elvis Costello is? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, and you know who ABBA is, right? Yeah, Dancing mm-hmm. Queen. Yep. Yeah, the group ABBA. Well, Elvis yep. Costello and ABBA are doing a tour together next summer. Wow. But, but they haven't figured out who the headliner will be. So watch Hopefully for Abba and Costello to see who's on first. Okay, definitely. We'll definitely have to check that out. <laughs> Abba and Costello to see who's on first. I got, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Abbott and Costello, I get it. I, 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 it took me a little bit to get that, but I got it now. I, okay. I, I got it now. I'm sure your I'm listeners do too. <laughs> I, I'm a little slow on that, and yeah, I'll tell you what. That's actually, I'm actually going to use that because uh, it's better than some of my jokes. Like my best joke is uh, uh, the guy was standing by the river waving his toothbrush. They asked him what he was doing. He said, "I'm waiting for the crest." <laughs> Well, here's one more for you. When I was 12 years old, I told my dad, when I grew up, I want to be a musician. And he said, well, Sherwin, you can't do both. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is awesome. I'm still a kid. Oh, boy. 
Awesome. Well, I'll tell you real quick here, Sherwin. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. If our friends want to check you out, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a YouTube. What do you got out there? Well, people can check us out on Facebook. They just friend us on Facebook, Sherwin Linton, you know, Facebook, and um, they can check our websites. We have a website, uh, Sherwin Linton, www.sherwinlinton.com, and then we have another website called the the word the the Johnny Cash Story dot com, and um, that uh, has a lot of pictures of me and Johnny together, and and with his family members and stories about Johnny and I. So that's pretty interesting too. The Johnny Cash Story dot com. So uh, check out those websites, and uh, I sure appreciate you taking time to visit with us, and uh, and. Uh, share some memories and some of your favorite uh, stories uh, that you like to hear me tell. <laughs> and uh, also it was nice to visit with Granny and the icon. And uh, uh, you're, you've got a very special show here. All right. And uh, like I say, I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, it's an honor that we can induct you as our first, uh, our first guest as a, and the Attitude Era Hall of Fame, and uh, it's going to take me uh, about a few weeks to design uh, the certificates, but once I get it designed, I'll send it out to you, and uh, we do appreciate it, sir, for taking time on your schedule, and if uh, we get you out of Barnesville uh, Potato Days, uh, I will be out there, and then we'll hang out again, and I do appreciate it. Well, that's great. Thank you very much, Scott. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you, Sherwin. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sherwin. Thank you. Sherwin Witt, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, the Attitude Era Live. We're going to end this show off because we've got about 42 seconds left in a very special way. They call me Lucky Little Rich Boy. Got everything. He's the son of a cotton king. In a mansion down in Georgia, late one Sunday morn. My papa started passing out four-bit cigars Cause I had just been born From that day on he started Giving me everything The neighbors used to laugh and call me Silver Spoon Papa was a cotton king Papa was a cotton king They call me lucky little rich boy Got everything He's the son of a cotton king